Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 24 of On the Horizon. I'm your host, Andy Whiteside. I've got a special guest, I think second time on, uh, Rizwan is with us. Rizwan is, uh, recently joined Zintegra as a uh, solutions architect, as well as part-time consultant on our VMware practice. Rizwan, how's it going? I'm fine, Andy. How about you? I'm good. I'm a, I'm a little embarrassed. I don't know how to pronounce your last name, and I was afraid to screw it up, so I want to, I, I don't. I don't know that I've ever heard it pronounced. Everybody calls you Rizwan, Rizwan, Rizwan. Yeah, Rizwan would be good. Yeah, but my last name is Sheikh. It's uh, Rizwan Sheikh, yeah. Sheikh, okay. Got it. Thank you. So uh, Rizwan is uh, joining us from uh, some part of India at the moment, right? Are you are you still over there? Yeah, I'm in uh, I'm in a place called Mumbai. Uh, that's, oh, yeah. that's in the Maharashtra, yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. Um, Help me, and this is my ignorance, big time ignorance on the um, history of India. The name Mumbai 30 years ago became mainstream, but in the US, I think we called that Bombay for the longest time. That's what, correct. Help me understand that That's history. Correct. Well, uh, yeah, it, it, all, it all started with the name of Bombay, uh, which is what the name originally it was kept. Uh, and uh, Bombay is a place uh, uh, which is which is located in Maharashtra state, and it is quite uh, uh, dominant by uh, by people who stay in Mumbai, who stay in Maharashtra. And uh, these people actually renamed the place uh, from Bombay to Mumbai. That's what really happened, actually. So uh, yes, I mean, uh, uh, as well, we used to call it Bombay, uh, and the, the name of the place remains as it is. I mean, it, only the only the name has been changed to Mumbai, but rest of the things remains as it is. Actually, it is still being the complete government is is the localized government that we have here, and uh, yeah, I mean they have changed. And in fact, not only the place name of the place has been changed, a lot of other places have been also changed. Uh, and uh, we now call many of our many of our stations have been now called with the uh, with the name of the leaders itself, uh, who actually uh, made. Uh, complete India pride, you know, like uh, uh, one of the name is Ch- Chhatrapati Shivaji Maharaj, uh, and we call a lot of our stations, uh, like even the airport for that matter is, is named after him. So it's mm-hmm. Chhatrapati Shivaji Maharaj Terminus and Chhatrapati Shivaji Maharaj Terminal. If you look at it, yeah. so if you come back to India, if you if you are in India, you would you would keep on hearing these kind of names coming in. Yeah, was there cultural significance of changing the name of the city? Yeah, so uh, uh, the the Mumbaiers thought that uh, the name has to be more of a look, more of a feeling of having a local. When somebody comes in to the place uh, to the Bombay to Bombay, it should not be sounding as if it's an English name. It should be, it should be a kind of a local name that they can be they can they can feel it. I mean, they can and and the visitors can actually feel it. Yeah, this is this is more of a a local name rather than rather than actually a foreign name. So that's where. The name of the places have been changing uh, every now and then, actually, for people. Okay, all right. So it's a little history yeah. lesson, little history lesson for me and for others. And I'm sorry if I didn't already know that. I, I think somewhere along the way I've looked into it, you know, because I'm always curious. Yeah. Well, I appreciate you joining us. I think uh, we've decided coming into um, this podcast that we're going to cover something that's not super new announcement, but it's still a little murky to me. And this is from June of this year. Uh, Sachin uh, Sharma had a blog. Sachin Sharma, yeah. Uh, title of it, Introducing New Horizon SaaS, S-A-A-S, additions to reduce TCO, total cost of ownership, with automation, optimization, and management performance. 
So I guess, uh, you know, as I told you coming into this, I was going to ask you some questions that might sound dumb on my part, but I've always been a little confused by what, um, what VMware had for product offerings um, because of the way it kind of evolved. Is this really just the, the bringing forward of VMware in such a way that one product ties you into all the different um, SaaS, um, excuse me, uh, cloud infrastructure, um, public cloud offerings uh, through one control? That is, yeah, that, that, is, that is true, Andy. So if, if you look at the uh, complete uh, uh, change that we have done uh, with respect to with respect to Horizon infrastructure, Horizon used to be erstwhile a complete, a purely a native platform, purely an on-prem platform. We used to have uh, all the workloads, uh, the virtual desktop workloads to be deployed on-prem, including the control planes were also deployed on-prem here. But going ahead, moving ahead further, uh, VMware actually brought in multiple options uh, wherein by the complete deployment can be done over the cloud. And this includes not only and this actually provided a lot of other flexible options. Like we can now go ahead and deploy a DAS-based solution where you don't have to, where the users or the administrators don't have to worry about deploying a VDI. You simply have to go ahead, manage their applications and manage their virtual desktop, virtual workloads. And the, the infrastructure does everything automatically for them. We also brought in uh, the infrastructure as a service option, which means that you have, as a customer, you have complete control of the infrastructure, including the workloads. And that's what's spread across actually for the, for the customers and they can manage the way they want to have, they want to manage their infrastructure across an SDVC platform. Now, the, the bigger aspect here is, and this is what is good for our customers also, right? I mean, we have actually provided a lot of options to the customers and whatever, whatever multi-cloud platform, whatever cloud platform that you want to go ahead, whatever hyperscaler that you want to select, the customers can go ahead and select on their choice. They don't have to stick to one specific solution or one specific cloud options. They can actually go ahead and select any other cloud option that they want to have. Say, for example, if the customer is on Microsoft Azure, uh, we, do have, we do have a solution for, 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 for these customers where they can go ahead and deploy Horizon as a part of Horizon, Horizon on Azure platform. And that goes in two offerings. One is the desktop as a service, which means they can go ahead uh, just, just worry about their virtual workloads and applications. That's it. Infrastructure takes care of all the spinning up of virtual machines and applications. And the other is uh, an, an infrastructure as a service option, which is basically an Azure VMware solution where the customer can go ahead, deploy the solution, deploy the infrastructure, an SGDC platform, and build up the entire multi cloud platform for Python. If the customer go, wants to go ahead with um, VMC or AWS, the customer has a free choice. Same thing goes with the GCVE as well, that is the Google Cloud VMware engine, and same thing goes with OCVS as well. Yeah, and so, uh, so just so I'm clear here, right? So you have the ability native hyperscalers as well as VMware's capabilities to run on top of hardware in those data centers. So you can truly span across the clouds natively or with this ubiquitous layer of VMware across the multiple clouds. That's correct. So you can definitely span across uh, to the cloud platform natively, which means that you can go ahead, uh, uh, you can actually have a kind of a main uh, a DR site spin up across to a, to, a, to a cloud platform and the main site can, can, can still remain on the on-prem or that's, that's, the, that's the option that we, that we leave to, to the customer. Or they can have a complete deployment down on, 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 the, on the cloud platform, both on-prem as well as the, on the cloud style actually. So, so that's something one, which... How long have you been in this space, this EUC space? 
I've been in the space for about uh, uh, 17 years now, uh, starting with, of course, uh, the the mainstream with Citrix, and then moved on to Fiend Horizon. Yeah. So, do you remember, um, you know, 10, 12 years ago, maybe 15 now? Getting old, uh, you know, the conver- the 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 hypervisor battles between Citrix and Microsoft and VMware. And it was all about whoever owned the hypervisor was going to own the front row seat to desktop and app virtualization. It's like that story's come full circle, and VMware has a leg up now because their hypervisor truly did win out. And so, if you want something that traverses all the different clouds, now all of a sudden that uh, that battle over the hypervisor just got important. Yeah, that's true. That's true, Andy. So basically. And if, if you look at our customer base as well, uh, you would find almost like sixty to seventy percent. In fact, seventy percent of the market is still uh, vSphere, right? I mean, if you look at the hyperscale part, and uh, that becomes pretty uh, predominant for the customers to move ahead with the uh, with the VMware Horizon or with the with the VMware solutions itself. And it's, it's just like spinning up multiple other solutions on an existing VMware stack that they have, yeah. um, and. Talking about the same uh, infrastructure as a service, it's the same. It's the same layer of hypervisor that is sitting over there. It's the yeah. same layer of uh, storage optimization, network optimization, including the server virtualization that the that the customer gets it. So, so help me with this next section. So it talks about introducing Horizon Standard Plus subscription and Horizon Enterprise Plus. Is this the one that allows you to take the on-premises and the cloud offerings and blend them together? You have to have this one. That's correct. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, um, so Horizon subscription that gets you the clouds, but if you want both the on-prem and the clouds, then it's this uh, subscription plus or Horizon Enterprise Plus. Yeah. So uh, if we if we if we look at uh, the Horizon licensing, right? Uh, Horizon licensing is uh, we can categorize into. Uh, Into like two categories, basically. One is like you have uh, the Horizon uh, apps uh, and perpetual uh, Horizon apps perpetual and the subscription term program. So basically, uh, you go ahead and you can have uh, the Horizon apps, advanced Horizon apps, standard. You have Horizon apps, uh, Horizon enterprise term-based program. So these, uh, the term-based license basically denotes that uh, you can deploy these licenses only on-prem. Yeah, I mean you can you can have. All of the components of on-prem, you can deploy it across the on-prem environment, and you can you can spin up your virtual workload. Now, if the customer wants to have a flexibility or wants to purely deploy the workloads on cloud, then they can go with the universal-based licensing, and that is where uh, you see across uh, the Horizon Standard Plus subscription and the Enterprise Plus subscription that you can see. So, um, uh, the the biggest thing that we that we see here. Uh, Uh, and that's something which, uh, if, if, you, if you look at the uh, Horizon apps, Horizon app universal subscription, basically you get the you get the option to deploy uh, to have a multi-cloud deployment across actually, uh, and that goes with both on-prem as well as any any public cloud of the customer's choice. Okay. And is there still desktop editions, app editions? It's all one Horizon edition now. Yeah, uh, it's. Uh, If you look at Horizon uh, Horizon App Standard subscription or Horizon Apps Universal subscription, these licenses are for uh, application virtualization or server-based desktop virtualization. So, which means like uh, if I, if I have to correlate with Zen App, it would be uh, or with Citrix for that matter, it would be Citrix Zen App. 
So you have, uh, you can actually go ahead, uh, publish the applications and publish the desktops of the, of the server. And you would need a terminal server license or RDS-based licensing uh, on, these, on these environments. And you can, you can spin up the workloads actually. Um, if you want to go ahead with the uh, with the VDI with Windows 10 or Windows 11 VDI for that matter, then you can you can go ahead with Horizon Standard plus subscription, or Horizon Enterprise plus subscription, Horizon Universal subscription as such. Okay, so what uh, what's the primary thing that Enterprise Plus subscription brings to this equation? So Enterprise Plus uh, brings you the capability of uh, application virtualization, including the desktop virtualization. <clears throat> the best part here is like you also get, uh, uh, this, is, this is probably meant for uh, the customers who would, who would like to move ahead, uh, not only with, with the on-prem, uh, but also on the cloud, which means they, they, they might go ahead and they might scale up the infrastructure to the cloud one time, one point of time, or they want to move completely on on the cloud, actually, at one, um, the moment they deploy it across. So for them, this license becomes pretty pretty easy to go ahead and use it. On top of it, what we also do here is, uh, apart from, along with giving the application and desktop virtualization, we also provide them uh, the storage optimization, which is powered through vSAN. Uh, that's something which, which we do it across here. Uh, we also have uh, the option of either uh, giving with no SCDC infrastructure in a sense, like, if the customer already has, say for example, if we if you picture this, like if the customer has uh, an VMC or AWS option already already there, and he may not be needing uh, the the vSphere part, which comes across with the horizon with the with the licenses, so he can actually go ahead and he can he can option he can also good go ahead and choose an option of no vSphere or no SCPC infrastructure actually along with these licenses. So which means that he gets he actually gets a discounted licensing when you go ahead with the VMware Horizon licensing as such. But that's something which, which he gets it across actually. Apart from this, uh, he gets Linux uh, uh, Linux application virtualization, including Linux hosted applications, uh, uh, or what we say Linux terminal services for that matter. Uh, in fact, uh, along with that, Linux virtual desktops as well that he, get, that he gets along. The best part that he also gets here is the Horizon control plane. Now, one of the best features, uh, in fact, if you go with Horizon Universal Edition, Universal Subscription, if I talk about, I and mean, he also gets the Horizon Control Plane, actually. And this is where he can do the complete image management uh, for cloud monitoring, cloud monitoring subscription services, including the Universal Broker. The, uh, the part that's jumping out to me is the uh, cloud monitoring service. A question about that, do I, do I have to run the VMware hypervisor, some of the, one of the VMware services to get this, or will it also monitor native, native hyperscale? Uh, if we, if we look at the uh, uh, CMS solution, right? I mean, the, uh, the CMS has been working in the time we have the DAS solution at Horizon Azure. So uh, this component of VMware is hosted across on VMware control, VMware Horizon control plane, the control plane SaaS environment, basically. So uh, the CMS can monitor the virtual workloads is irrespective of where the virtual workloads are hosted. It can be either uh, on, a, on, a, on a DAS infra, like the way we have it on Horizon, I'm sure, or it can also be on, on the VCL infra, definitely on the VCL infra as well. Mm -hmm. Okay, sweet. Uh, let's see, what else? So do you have uh, any experiences of customers who have gone this route uh, since the announcement? Yeah, I have a couple of my customers who have gone through this route actually who, who have seen 
the benefits of having uh, having the cloud deployment across uh, on the platform and some of them are basically uh, uh, the uh, IT ITS companies, ITS uh, infrastructures actually who who wants to build up like uh, 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 the the uh, uh, complete horizon infrastructure actually across the cloud platform. Um, uh, some of the banking infrastructure, banking customers have gone through the cloud platform actually, and they have uh, the the license that they have gone ahead with is with the Horizon Universal Edition where. Uh, they have gone ahead and not only deployed VDIs on-prem, but they have also scaled up their DR infrastructure to cloud. And that's the biggest benefit that they have got across actually when they, get, when they went ahead with the pricing universal licenses. So these customers, they had uh, a cloud adoption actually already being done uh, on the VMC and AWS platform. And uh, while, they, while they were talking about Horizon infrastructure, uh, the biggest thing that they like about the licensing is like the licensing is pretty flexible, right? I mean, you can deploy your some of the workloads, your partial workloads on the on-prem infra, um, and the remaining amount of remaining workloads can be deployed on the on the AWS platform. So that's something which they have leveraged across a couple of customers. Uh, a couple of my customers uh, have also seen greater benefits on simple Horizon on Azure platform, a simple DAS solution, so they don't have to worry about the Backend infrastructure—it's all being managed about managed from Microsoft Azure. They simply have to focus on their applications, focus on the VDIs, and that's it. Um, and and they, they go through. And the most prominent feature that they have been using on the Microsoft Azure infrastructure is Windows 10 multi-session environment. So uh, with with the with the Horizon uh, with VMware Horizon, uh, they were also able to leverage. They were also able to enable uh, uh, for Windows 11 multi-session multi environment, Windows 10 multi-session environment, actually, and that's what they that's, their, that's what they use it today. And Rizwan, give me an example. Are you seeing people two to two to one on VMs or twenty to one on VMs? I'm sorry. I, uh, how many, sorry, uh, how many sessions? How many sessions per desktop are you seeing people try to leverage? Oh, uh, what I what I've normally seen here is if if you look at terminal services uh, for that matter, I, the remote desktop services, I see a total of like 2022 20, uh, users per per VM. Say say in that way, um, and these are the these are the users who would would normally use normally use uh, applications like MS Office or some browser based applications. Uh, some of the users also use desktops here so that they can they can. They can move a lot. They can work work on pretty pretty XML, pretty Excel files and emails on the desktop itself. But these are normal task workers who at maximum knowledge workers. And but if you go with the uh, beyond that, I mean, you you have to go ahead with the VDI itself. So it's VDI is always a, a one to one session that they have. To yeah. And here's a kind of a zinger for you. How how many of the desktop workloads out there that you're seeing? Are still like a persistent workload, even where the users even have admin rights. What what use case do you see for that still? Yeah, uh, it, it, as you mentioned, like it's all it all depends on your use cases. Use case. So I have uh, I have one of my customer who is again an IT ITS customer who who have developers who are using VDIs across uh, for, and while they're working from home. And this use case is pretty uh, uh, pretty straightforward for us, where the users would be having their own devices, their own desktops. Uh, it's a it's a kind of a BYO environment that they want to bring it in, and uh, and they can they can have any of their desktops. They can simply log into the VDI, and they can they can start uh, start their work and start 
working on the application, code their applications across. And these are specifically prominently developer users actually who have access, who have admin access to the VDI. So when they log in, they have all of their applications uh, coming in and they can they can start start working on the applications and finally they log off from the, from the VDI. Um, now these, probably these type of workers are, 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 are there uh, where I have seen, not only in the ITDS, but also in the banking environment, I have seen developer users actually using our VDIs um, using the applications actually across uh, and 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 this are a little heavy workload because your applications are like that. And you have you have to code the application, recode application, compile. And this takes this takes probably a pretty high resource utilization. Yeah. Yeah, without a doubt, and, it's still out there, and and, and I of, have. Go ahead. Yeah, and I also see a couple of workloads on the production floor. Like, I, like if I talk about an automobile manufacturing company uh, uh, where I have seen users using uh, designer-based applications on the VDI workload. And these are particularly, like, if I have to say, it's a SCADA application that they use it and a lot of applications like AutoCAD for that matter or PrimeWare for that matter. Revit is one of the applications that they use as a graphics application, which which is basically used in production flooring. Um, and some of the use cases are uh, are pretty pretty interesting because what they do is basically these are designers who simply log on to VDI. They they actually go ahead <clears throat> define a complete uh, car uh, car's uh, exterior, uh, the complete frame of the car, and then they collaborate with multiple users using the horizon collaboration tool and they, they basically go ahead and uh, uh, they, they understand like how the designing can be done and finally they they, they set up they set up that actually but that's something which which is which is one of the most important use case that has come across actually in my customer environment um, and while we were doing the poc uh we, we actually happened to talk to them and understand like what things that they want to see more on the horizon infra uh, and the, the the best part that they said is like hey, one we, we just want to see like is there a way that we can collaborate with multiple users in the same VDI in front? Is it possible to use it? And that's where this is where this use case came in, where we where we where we talk about like Horizon collaboration tool um, uh, on on basically designing the complete exterior of the car, painting of the car, like what kind of what kind of color can be used for the car, and how it can be well designed. What kind of what kind of polishing that can be done on the on the exterior of the of the automobile. So that's something which which they collaborate on the BDI session itself, um, and uh, they start working on it pretty happily. Hey, Rizwan, I got an interview I got to go run and do, but this has been great. Uh, I appreciate you helping to explain this, and I'm looking forward to having you on every week. Thank you so much, Andy. Yep, sure. Yeah, and uh, happy to have you on the team. I appreciate you. Thank you very much, Andy. Thanks a lot. Thank you. Thank you.